Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, the podcast. Today with me, I've got Scott Sutton, who is president and founder of Uncercarding and Events. Scott has a Bachelor of Arts in Communications from Washington State University, and he has a diverse background working in an array of fields, including public relations, advertising, operations, sales, and marketing. In 2004, Scott started his first company, a high-tech security integration firm, which he grew into a multi-million dollar business. Scott later sold to a public entity where he held the president and CEO position for two years. Before Scott started UNSER, which is an indoor karting attraction, he was responsible for starting up a security integration division for a large technology company. When Scott isn't working, you can find him hanging out with his wife and two beautiful daughters or on his bike on a quiet road or trail in the Colorado foothills. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks, Lori. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Uh, We've known each other now for about 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. Well, probably since 2004, quite frankly. Right, it and, is. And um, Scott is a longtime friend. Uh, Avocet is lucky enough to have Scott kind of bring us along in every single one of his ventures. So we're really excited to, to speak with Scott today and learn about his most recent one, which is Uncircarding in Events. Tell us about it. Most recent, I guess, uh, we've been open five and a half years now, and um, we're an experiential entertainment uh, venue here in Denver, Colorado, and um, we are uh, focused and centered around uh, go-karting, and we have an indoor go-kart facility, but uh, it's really about the experiential entertainment side of things and, and creating some racing emotions um, based around the business, and that's that's what we do. It's it's a, it's a fun business, and, and it's all about entertainment. And there's so much thrill. I mean, if, if for those of you listening today, there's the thrill that you achieve once you have been around the cart, been in the cart around the racetrack at Unser is absolutely unbelievable. It is something that you just want to do and do over and over and over. That, that repeat business model um, is something that you've created very well here. At what point, Scott, did you decide that you really wanted to start your own business? My first business, um, I, I, it was really, unfortunately, it was out of spite. Uh, I was really frustrated with my current um, company. I was, a, I was a vice president of sales and marketing uh, for a software company in Boulder. And uh, I just, I was really frustrated with the leadership and the ownership group. And um, I honestly, Lori, felt I could do better. And that's what really um, uh, motivated me to open my first my first business and and really jump into the entrepreneurial um, world. And and uh, and it just it's it's that was really my my foot in the door. Which uh, I know a lot of people are motivated by other things, but I was really motivated that. If if this business owner could do it, I certainly could do it, and so uh, that's that's what got me got me into my first company. Well, you've certainly proven that. <laughs> that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you have such an incredible philosophy. Uh, it's something that working with you for as long as I have is truly something that many business people should admire. How do you define your entrepreneurial spirit? It really starts with me wanting to, first of all, um, 
it sounds real simple, but have fun. Uh, it, it, it really is a basis of that. Although it's, it's not always fun being an entrepreneur and a business owner, but, but that the basis of that is to really enjoy what I'm doing and enjoy life in general. And, and that's really the basis for why I come to work every day and why I work as hard as I do and why I, I put, why I think most entrepreneurs put a lot of their personal wealth and their personal being into a business. And, uh, and so it's really, it's really about me, um, me wanting to succeed and, and to create something that, that is, that is exciting. And, and the other thing that I think I've gotten into is, is our company has grown now with 45 employees is really creating, um, a vehicle for all my team members and all my employees to, to do the things they're passionate about. And I know that, that a job or a company is just a vehicle for for people to really do things that they're passionate about, and and I think we've we've not only created a really fun environment to work in, but also a vehicle for the for my forty five employees to do things that they're passionate about. Oh, that that is truly something very very special. I you know it's it's hit me for the first time um, with you defining your entrepreneurial spirit for me that you've got this incredible company that is all about creating fun in the workplace as well. Um, so the two really mesh so beautifully together. What leadership qualities do you feel are necessary to succeed as an entrepreneur? I think um, that, that's a great question. One thing I think is, is finding a leadership team that complements your style or my style. Um, so as you know, I, I try to build teams that are much more talented than I am around me. So <laughs> it's, it's really about that building that team. Um, but uh, I, I think being flexible, um, uh, being understanding uh, are good leadership qualities. Um, but one of the biggest things is really commitment. I think uh, uh, as a leader of a small business, you've got to be committed. And, and that means you, you're going to go that extra mile for your team, for your company, and, and for your family, honestly, because um, your family's really relying on, on the success of the business as well. So um, th- that's something um, that, that really goes along. And then follow through. Once you, as you know, once you jump in the entrepreneurial world and you open a business, um, you, you've got to follow through and make sure. I've, I've had several challenges with this business, and that follow through and that commitment have really driven me to make this a successful venture. Yeah, it sure has. And and finding that leadership team, as you've said, is such a key. How have you integrated your internal apartments, um, getting everyone on the same page and, and singing from the same songbook? I know that you've got some great methodologies that you deploy each and every week. Can you share some of those? Yeah, it, it really starts with with finding good cultural fit, um, a good cultural fit and in, in a team that really buys into that philosophy and that culture. Um, once you do that, it's really easy to get people to buy into the to the philosophy of the company. But I think more importantly is that everybody on my team, it doesn't matter what position you're in, has the ability to affect and make decisions and influence the team to the point of um, um, their contributions really matter. And um, so I think really getting the team to understand that they're a, a, a key part of, of the success of the company, especially in the early stages, uh, it really gets everybody to buy in um, and it becomes a very, very strong um, team effort to, to make the company successful and sustainable. So this is just dawning on me. You, you do have such an incredible team, um, all 45 of them, quite frankly, but, but I'm thinking through some of the leaders um, that I know within the organization. You brought them on at a pretty young age with a totally new business concept. 
What was it in them that you saw that you felt would create a great leader of the future and that great culture that you're talking about? Yeah, I think um, that's, that's a great question. I think early on, um, I didn't know if they had that leadership. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example of, of my general manager, Taylor, who was an early employee. He was a track worker to start out with. Quite honestly, he was, um, he was an entitled kid with, with um, not much motivation to succeed in life. He'd, and I don't know what happened to him, but he woke up one day and said, I think I can make a career of this. So he basically went from a track worker to, uh, to a general manager of the Denver facility. And to see somebody like that progress. But, um, so I don't think I saw a lot of leadership um, in Taylor early on. I certainly didn't. But, but my, my key team members, um, I, even though a lot of them don't have college educations, they were in their early 20s at the time, they had that drive and that motivation, and they went that extra mile. And I think that's something that you see develop as time goes on, and, and it really allows you to um, develop and build them as a leader. And I, I would say that a lot of them, I saw potential, but I've, I've had a lot of fun developing them, building them as leaders and um, watching them mature over the years. And, and it's, yeah, it's only been six years. A lot of them have been with me, but, but they've, in six years, it's amazing what a young mind can do and how, how motivated they can become and, um, and also how impactful they can become on the company. So. Well, and I have to give you kudos for that, Scott, because it takes a true leader to see that in someone as well. Um, so, and I'm sure that they've thanked you many times over the years uh, for seeing that. So it's very, very special. Thanks. Tell us about the integrated marketing approaches that you've used to elevate the brand and create awareness, and, and what has worked and what hasn't. Yeah, I think we, we, we're we a good example of, of throwing stuff against the wall from a marketing standpoint to see what works and what doesn't. But we, we uh, you know, our integrated marketing really really focuses on our digital presence. Um, we, we have, I think we're, we're digitally very um, um, tuned in now, and, and, and it's been a development from our standpoint. We know that uh, a lot of our, our customers um, are, are mobile, and so we've got to make sure that, that all of our marketing is really mobile generated. One thing that we did a few years ago is we switched our software platform, and that gave us an app um, that actually is very useful for our company. A lot of our customers have that app. We're able to really integrate um, and, and link them into our, our, um, daily, our daily business through that app, which has been really good. The other thing that I, it sounds really you know, pretty basic, but we put up three digital billboards, um, which has been a phenomenal marketing tool for us. Um, so many people drive, we get 400,000 cars a day drive by. So many people drove by for years and didn't know what we did. I think those billboards have really helped us explain what we do, get people motivated to come in and, and try the menu. Yeah, they sure do. And in that, di- that mix of digital advertising and out of home has created such a strong brand awareness for you. And I might also add that you've got a very, very strong internal sales team as well that really does reach out to the corporate audience um, in such a proactive, positive way um, to really close the deal, quite frankly, and create excitement around the brand. Yeah, we um, they do a great job. The other thing that I think um, that we've done really well, well, we've implemented in the last few months has been HubSpot, which is a which is a very integrated marketing program. We we just went on their um, contact database, uh, which is part of their application, and found that that's just an amazing tool to do follow up emails and and because that sales team is so engaged with the customer, we typically get a lot of phone calls, a lot of web inquiries for corporate events and, and private parties. And it's a, this the HubSpot really allows us a, a, a good platform to 
um, communicate with them, give them the correct content. It's really been driving a lot of a lot of good sales. So it's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of laughing here. If you would have asked me 25 years ago when when we were getting into the business, you were you know in Seattle in PR at the time, and and I was in Longmont, Colorado, starting this agency up. If you would have told me that a tool like HubSpot or that automation tools such as HubSpot were going to be available, um, I would have said you were crazy because we used to do that with tickler systems, right? Uh, with direct <laughs> mail and letters, and, and look at where we are today. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. I love that part of the business. It's it's constantly changing. You've had um, every entrepreneur out there. Uh, overcomes obstacles. You mentioned it at, at the onset of our discussion here. Tell us about a challenging time or a situation that could have devastated or even ruined the business, but you persisted. You made it through the decisions, and now that once painful memory serves as an invaluable learning experience. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> that was, a, it's a great story. We, early on, before we opened, um, I took, I took possession of the building or the location in July, um, approached the county regarding, um, what I needed to do to get it, um, to get, to open. And they said I had to change the use of the building. And, uh, it, this started a long battle with, with the county that we're in. Um, and what I was told was that I wasn't allowed to change the use of the building from a car dealership, which we were a former Toyota dealership to an indoor entertainment venue, even though the building was a commercially classified building that allowed that activity. Um, so this ensued several several months of battles with with the county, and um, uh, we finally got um, what we thought was clearance to go ahead. Um, and it, it involved um, several meetings with the planning division and the, the planning leadership for the county. But uh, we got down to being able to pull our building permits and go ahead and and, and start the process. And uh, at the last minute, um, when when we were trying to get the building permit, we were told that we had to. Um, contact the traffic impact department. And um, I didn't know what this, this involved, but so I called the traffic impact department and, and um, found out that, that there was a traffic impact fee that if you changed the use of a building and you created more traffic, that there would be a fee. If you created less traffic, there wouldn't be a fee because there, the previous business already, already um, paid that fee, which was a car dealership. So in my mind, I thought, well, there's no way we would be busier than a Toyota dealership. That's a pretty busy business and a lot of traffic going in and out. So um, I contacted the traffic impact department, um, a traffic coordinator for the county, and she said, I need to do some research and I'll get back to you. Got back to me um, within the next day and said, I've got great news for you. We've got, um, we figured out that you were small business friendly. We're going to give you a, a credit of 50% of your, your traffic impact fee. And your fee is only going to be $50,000. And I was like, wow. So I had a traffic impact fee of $100,000. And at this time, Lori, we, I literally had spent all of my startup money. We had already acquired go-karts. We had acquired the barrier systems. We had acquired the software. We were planning on opening. I, hadn't, I didn't have $50,000 to give a traffic impact fee. And so I, I thought, okay, this is it. I, I, I'm done. I, I don't have any more money. I can't pay this fee. They don't. They weren't willing to work with me. So I ended up um, finding out um, first of all who her boss was because I said I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to go higher here. So I found out her boss was the one I've been having so much trouble with at the county, <laughs> um, <laughs> and ended up um, finding out who his boss was, which were the county commissioners. 
So um, that morning after that phone call, I marched down to the um, county offices, and there happened to be a county commissioner's meeting. Um, and there was a, at the end of the meeting, of every county commissioner's meeting, there's a, there's a uh, time for public comment. And I stood up, and very unlike my character, I'm not a political person. I like to kind of play behind the scenes. I'm not, I don't like to jump out in front. But uh, I stood up in front of the county commissioners, and I basically threatened all of them that said that if they didn't do something for me um, about me creating jobs, occupying a building that was vacant, that it wasn't going to be pretty. And I was, gonna, I was not going to be nice about it. With my PR background, I was going to reach out to the media and really kind of go after them. And, and um, the good thing was, by the time I got back to the office, which was about a 20-minute drive, I had a message on, the, on my phone from the traffic coordinator that they had waived the fee. <laughs> um, and, and so that, that was one. The other challenges with the county were changing the uses and, and really not having you know, um, enough money to, to pay all these fees. And and I just, I, that was really a, a persistence point. And in a, in a gut check for me, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head, it was that point where I could have just folded up and said, this is not going to work. I'm not going to be able to do this. And it could have absolutely destroyed the company. I didn't have $50,000 at the time to pay. And um, we, we were already all in at that point. I had, I had a long-term lease on the building. I had already acquired all the equipment. And, and that would have really sunk us if we went, we couldn't have opened to the general public. So um, it, it ended up working out. And uh, to this day, I, now I actually have a very friendly relationship with the county. But those memories of dealing with the county have been, have really, really, um, it's been a source of motivation for me going forward. So. Well, and I tell you, um, you fought for what was right. And they heard you. And in the end, um, that has what that is what has led to so much of the success that you're achieving right now. Tell us about success for the business. How do you know when you're there? And is there a magic moment when you feel you've finally made it? Yeah, I think success is interesting because it, it's really a it's a multi-step process or multi-step philosophy for me. Um, Early on, it, the su- success uh, success was being able to open. Um, that was our first big triumph was being able to open. Of course, then the challenge is to be sustainable. And what I mean by that is really um, not losing money, first of all, right? So making money. But um, we, we lost significant money like most startups do. Um, we lost significant money the first year. The second year, we lost money. The third year, we broke even. Um, and, and that was the, the first step in sustainability. And it, be, it, it, it was really a day-to-day, um, a day-to-day checkpoint for me as like, okay, we didn't lose money today. Uh, the beautiful thing about our business is the cash business. So you can see how much it's costing you and how much you're making on a daily basis. So we were really striving to become sustainable from the standpoint of not losing money and then making profit. So the first, I think the first level of success for me was building a sustainable company and taking the risk out of that. So that, that was the first thing. The second thing I think success has been um, uh, seeing the team develop and grow around me um, has been, that's been a, a real gauge for success for me to see these young, these young kids really step up and become true leaders in, in, a, in an organization with a substantial amount of employees and a st- substantial amount of revenue. Um, and, and so that, that's been an, another good thing. But I think the you know, personally, I, I think when people think of success, they think of personal success. And, and I think just being able to um, come to work every day with a smile on my face and being able to provide for my family, that's, that's success. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I say, 
I've made it because um, I'm always going to, you know me, Lori, I'm always going to find that next challenge or I'm going to throw something in the mix to, to make it interesting. It's, um, but but I, I would say I can look at myself today and say that I'm successful in, in a lot of different ways. And I've, I, I don't know if I've ever, I'll ever get to the point where I say I've made it, but I, I certainly feel good about where I'm at today. Well, and, and kudos to you. Five and a half years later, you've got 45 employees um, on the docket. So that's impressive in and itself. Is there a strategy or a process that you have implemented that if business owners and their teams could constantly apply every day would compound into big wins for them? Yeah, that that definitely is very easy for me to answer. That would be culture. Um, and, And we view culture, we hire for culture, we do cultural interviews first, skill interviews second. Um, I, I, when I was talking to my to middle school leadership classes yesterday in my daughter's middle school, and um, it was a leadership class. So I was talking about leadership, and I said, um, "It's all about maintaining the culture." And and it was really important for a business like ours, where we're an entertainment um, business. And when you come in to be entertained, you want happy and friendly um, team greeting you and you want to that's part of the experience in fact I think that's one of the biggest parts of the experience and and if you don't maintain a culture um, it, it can really damage that and and people don't have fun if 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 they're not having a good experience with the team and so we really emphasize and focus on the culture and I think that um, my wife works for a very large company and I hear about just these cultural nightmares and I just, it's hard for me to understand how an 85,000 employee company has these cultural struggles when if they just fixed things like that, their company would be so much more successful. You get your team to buy in and they, they contribute to the success of the company. And it just, it's, it's just so impactful to have a good culture in a company that I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of leaders really um, miss that boat and, and don't and, and lose sight of that to a certain extent. And it's not about the ping pong table or the foosball table in the break room. It's it's about it's about the philosophy of how you run your business and how employees contribute to the success of the company and not and, and allowing everybody to have a role in that. I think it's really important no matter what role they have in the company. And how do you how do you, if you can just give us maybe a, a couple of specifics on how a culture interview differs from a skill interview? It's, it's, it's just an entirely different questions. Um, uh, what do you like to do? In, what are you passionate about? What do you like to do in your spare time? Um, t- tell me about um, uh, specific instances when, um, when you were challenged or you, were, uh, you, know, you, you um, felt like you couldn't um, get through a situation. What did you do? How did you prevail? Uh, just real questions about their, more of their personality and their drive and, and how they contribute to s- certain situations. And we have a lot, of, a lot of our team member, our frontline staff, it's their first job. They're 16 years old, 17 years old. They're in high school. Um, and, and you have to, the cultural part of that's very important from the standpoint of finding out how they interact with school, what they're, what they participate in, if they're in sports, if they're not in sports, because all those, all those things really play a key role in, in, um, in how they'll fit with the team. And, and I think having somebody that, that is doing that cultural interview that really buys into the culture is a good thing because they know what it's like. You know, I, I love that. I, I think it's so important, especially with the millennial um, market right now. And I would assume that a large portion of your staff are millennials. One of the greatest questions I recently heard 
um, not recently, um, maybe six months ago, and, and I've executed it with each and every one of our new hires since that point, was really asking probing questions around their family and how they were raised and how many times you talk to your mom and dad on a weekly basis and what sort of things do you do with them. And it's amazing what comes out with those kind of questions regarding commitment and empathy and love and heart. And um, it really leads to, I think, hiring some incredible people who have a real strong foundation for wanting to work well with other people. Yeah, that's 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 true. We we do ask a lot of personal questions along those lines as well because um, especially for young kids, it's 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 they don't have that work experience to really fall back on when you ask them about specific work situations where they've had to deal with things. Um, so it's really about the personal experiences with friends, with sports groups, with teams. It's just it, that's what really matters when you're doing those interviews. Yeah, it's so important. Um, Scott and I have a lot of kids between us, and one of the things um, that I always think is interesting are those extracurricular activities. It builds such an incredible strength um, within the psyche of someone um, at a young age, and, and we both have a lot of kids you know, tossing baseballs and softballs and basketballs and footballs uh, between the two of us. So I think we both agree that that is very, very important, um, which certainly comes out in a lot of these uh, cultural interviews. If there is one thing that you want to be known for, this is our final question. I can't believe it. Um, It it always flies when um, you're having fun here. Um, If there's one thing that you want to be known for, what is it and why? That's that's an interesting question. I I thought about this, and it's... it's, um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I think, first of all, it's, I want to be. It's not really about me. Um, I don't, so I don't think I really want to be known personally for anything other than, you know, potentially starting something that that continues on for a long period of time. So, um, <clears throat> but I, I think what what I would like to be remembered um, from is is really my team and, and for them to look back in 10, 15 years after I've you know I'm sitting on the beach uh, or playing golf every day. And, mm-hmm. and look back and say, "Wow, look at this company that I was part of growing, and and that that I was that Scott me was a part of that and part of leading that. I think that's the biggest thing. And and again, I I just am really proud of creating a vehicle for my team to be really successful, and also for our customers to come in and have a memorable experience. And and that's been that's been fun to hear the feedback from from our customers out there when they find out where I work and what I do." about what a great time they had in my, in my business. I think that's, that's the most important thing. And again, it's not about me. It's more about the business and, and, um, uh, I'm kind of a private person, but I, I really love the fact that, that the business is successful. We're, we're going to be growing pretty rapidly, pretty quickly. And, and, um, that's exciting. So, um, well, it sure is. And I have to tell you, it has been such a pleasure, um, being along for the ride with you on this. And, there's uh, Scott Sutton is one of the premier, uh, I think, leaders in uh, small business today. Um, your culture is absolutely incredible, and the persistence that you bring to the table should really be emulated um, by each and every person that you interact with um, on a daily basis. So thank you, Scott, so much for being on the show, and I look forward to having conversations with you in the future as you grow and expand on Circardian events. Thanks, Lori. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. 
Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.